What makes for a great director or a skilled writer? How do good actors do what they do? Does great art always follow the rules? Welcome to Press Play and Surrender. I'm your host, Owen McQuinn, and I'm an Irish filmmaker and actor. This is my chance to speak to artists of all kinds, as well as industry players, from up-and-comers to established talent. It's a space for in-depth conversation, where personal insights and unexpected tangents are very much encouraged. You're listening to Press Play and Surrender. My guest today is Azosa Igodaro. Azosa is an accomplished singer, actor, director and writer. She's been involved in many film, theatre and TV projects in the past few years, including an appearance in The Gate in A Streetcar Named Desire and assistant directing an Octoroon in The Abbey. She's also released her own album called You Won't Believe It, which is available online. I really enjoyed talking to Azosa today and getting her perspectives on her craft as well as diversity in the arts in Ireland. So this is my conversation with Azosa Igodaro. Hey Azosa, how are you today? I'm very well. Thank you, Owen. Lovely to see you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, lovely to see you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, we're kind of used to this sort of setup, aren't we, you and I, in terms of like being on Zoom together because we did a screenwriting MA remotely over COVID. So this is yeah, typical for us. I'm used to us. seeing you framed in this way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we have met in person once. Yeah, a, a couple of times, I think. But I know at Paul's party. Yeah, Paul's have... party, maybe the first or second day we were still in person. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. We chatted. Yeah. Yeah. Something else. Oh, graduation, of course. Okay, that's not what this is about, but yes. <laughs> True. But um, it's uh, it doesn't feel like that long ago that we were doing that course. And yeah. I was just wondering, I mean, what made you decide to do a screenwriting MA? Um, because I genuinely love screenwriting and sc- I like screenwriting as its own art form in itself. I like the process of screenwriting I like the rules of screenwriting I like the length of screenwriting um as a writer I kind of before I before I tried my hand at screenwriting I tried a novel but I'm really kind of succinct in certain in certain ways so my novel ended up being too short for a novel but then it was too long for a novella so it was just this kind of weird. And I was like, I've said all I have to say. I don't know what else we're going to do. And when I discovered screenwriting, I kind of felt that suited my my writing style a bit more. And um, so the reason that I did, was like, oh, yeah, a master's in screenwriting would be cool. Because I've been thinking I wanted to do a master's in something. And it was going to be linguistics, actually, because my undergrad is in English and linguistics. And again, I think there's something about the formal in the kind of creative space that appeals to me. Um, But anyway, I had been working as an actor for a number of years and in Ireland and nothing like I had yet to be seen for a role that kind of felt like I could see myself in or felt actually or was anything meatier than one scene and or like I can't count how many nameless medical professionals. I've I've played and been seen for at this point 
Mm-hmm. Um, so then there was one um, TV show coming up on RTE and I was auditioning for one of the um, lead parts in it. And it was a Nigerian female character. And I was like, oh, yes, I can do this. This is me. And I read it and I was just like, it just wasn't quite right. You know, you could tell that they had done a lot of research but it felt like there was something missing in translation as for me actually feeling like that character felt real or like I could, you know, really see the truth or the honesty in it. But anyway, I went in as you do, and I said nothing (laughs) as you do, and I didn't get the part. And I was just like kicking myself a little bit because I was like, at least I could have just said something um, because, because I kind of felt if I say if I get the part, then I'll be in a position where I can say something. I was like, oh, I should have just said something. And um, then I decided to kind of stop complaining internally about these things and to write something myself. And that was the first time I was like, script, I will try. Oh, no, that's the lie. I had kind of tried writing short plays but I'd never really thought about screenwriting so it wasn't until I did not get the role that I didn't really want (laughs) that I was like let me let me sit down and let me write um a screenplay because I've been reading so many um yeah that's it yeah I mean that's a very good catalyst to get you to want to write your own stuff when you see something that's written and it's not very accurate or it's not very truthful um yeah but just to go back, can you tell us a bit about your background, where you grew up, maybe what your parents did? Oh, gosh. Um, I moved to Ireland when I was eight years old. So I've been in Dublin more or less since I was eight. I did uh, go to university for a year in the UK. Um, um, study, I was studying math, mathematics and French at the time uh, and then I came back uh, I got pregnant came back and then my degree was English linguistics my mother is a medical doctor and my father is a businessman I was it always sounds like such a vague <laughs> I don't know but it's it's such a Nigerian thing it's like in business in like like whatever. an entrepreneur yeah that's that sounds although that sounds like something that young people do is that like something a 70 year old <laughs> but yeah that's 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 what he what he is yeah and were uh, there, i mean where where did i mean because you're an actor as well as a, a writer um where did the love of writing or performing come from do you remember doing it as a, at a young age or did it come um, later well i mean even beyond or more or above all of that i'm a singer and so that's definitely where the love for performance uh, comes in and expression and the artistic thing. And my family, um, even though we are very um, formally minded in that doctors, there are doctors, lawyers, engineers, and all those big professions because it's kind of a Nigerian thing really to go into those. But um, there are musicians, a lot of musicians in my in my family, uh, we've got writers as well, like novelists. Um, um, yeah, a couple of novelists, actually. Two of my cousins are, uh, were very successful 
novelist at this point. So th there's always, and and my mom used to sing as well, and her sister sings, and she as well has written a couple of children's books. So I think even though that we're always this, there's a formal education aspect. There were always artistic leanings. I think through it, everyone. My my sister is a visual artist. Actually, there's always always arts. Yeah. So it seems like you had a great combination of like practice practices and professions around you growing up. But were you, for example, like entertaining the family in the in the living room when you were eight years old? Were you putting on little plays or was it like singing or doing competitions? Yeah, singing. I was always, if my mom had a gathering, I was always kind of asked to sing sing a song. Um, and it's funny because I was, I, I, I was considered a shy child. In my older age now, and like looking back, I don't think I was necessarily shy. I'm not sure shy is the word. But anyway, I was a shy um, child, but somehow in singing, I wasn't shy to sing. Like that was always like, yeah, cool, I can do this. And I've always kind of felt comfortable um singing in that way. The I never my mom actually I, I do remember in Nigeria, she used to like write these plays and I guess kind of musicals for us and her friends' kids. Like we all she did this big show one time for all of us to um to star in and do a performance I guess for them yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't like an open thing that the public came to see I think it was in my house or um that yeah but so weird um but I never did like oh I'm gonna put a play on and get you guys to do this I was never that little director um which is funny because I have such a an interest a grow for it now I'm just like yeah I really want to like, like I love writing, but I'm also getting into the directing and I just really love the translation and the interpretation from page to screen in itself as another as another thing. But yeah, I never I wasn't that child, unfortunately. <laughs> but it's not like your parents would have discouraged you from going into this profession. Right? No, no, they wouldn't um discourage, but they were definitely like uh have a backup type of parent right and um, even though I was gonna study uh, music in in Berkeley in Boston years ago and I wasn't discouraged it was I think it was just like it was I suppose it didn't matter what degree I got as long as I got a degree kind of thing for them right. but it was like that's that's the path you have to go and you have to do third level and then whatever but I, you know, I, then I got pregnant at a young age, so they weren't planning for that. So they couldn't right. tell me anything. <laughs> Life happens. Yeah. Um, yes. And were there any, like, I mean, we all kind of get into watching films or listening to music as a teenager, but were there any particular performers or writers that you felt really inspired by or drawn to? Um. Really, you know, I was really more focused on music and it was the singers and the mm. um, songwriters. But I mean, I did, like, it, as part of my English degree, actually, the 
the drama module was my favorite and I really loved reading all all the plays I always and it's terrible now these days but I really did like um Oleana uh Mamet's Oleana I, I I just even though you know today it's quite not controversial but mm. I think it's the same thing that he's you know juggling but I really I, I loved it and I read I, I read so many plays then just kind of on my own and was looking for I was looking for a lot of black uh playwrights and playwrights and plays that featured um black characters lots of which I cannot remember now um so yeah. there were and I I I was oh yes I, this is my, my attitude <laughs> studying English I was like yeah no the author is dead it's like that person I want to be able to just do close readings I just loved close readings of the text and I didn't want to have to do all the theoretical stuff around who the writer was and what the writer was doing because I, I really was like I just want to do a close read because I hated having to do all that referencing <laughs> okay, so you didn't like to put the pieces in context. You were more about this is the material, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, let it okay. speak for itself. I don't even care who wrote it or what they were going through. I just wanted to be like, this is the text, this is it. Part of that is because I do love a good close read. And, you know, the other part is that I really was feeling too lazy to get all my referencing <laughs> and all the library stuff done. But yeah, right. I'm really, so I never really had like, necessarily one writer that I was following the work of you know right okay and what about singers though what about like which I mean there's so many I know but like are there any that you felt like I was you're constantly listening to yeah I was a big Prince fan okay cool this is like the soundtrack of my my teens yeah big Prince fan and like I'm not gonna. It's it's like since he died, it feels like <laughs> it feels like I will forever be a failure because in my head there was always that thing of I'm gonna meet Prince, and you know I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna work with Prince. That's like my yeah. thing. And now I won't. <laughs> right. I will never reach my teenage but self. <laughs> you did work dream. with Stevie Wonder, right? I did. I did. How did that but also, about? you know. Because um, I was singing uh, with a gospel choir at the time and he was coming over and he contacted or his team contacted this uh, guy who was promoting or doing a lot of stuff. I don't even know how that came about exactly, but he then contacted my choir and a few of mm-hmm. us singers from the choir. He kind of cobbled together a group of singers for the for the gig, really. And we were the backing choir for a couple of songs. That's amazing. And what was the venue? Where was the concert on? It was at the O2 at the time. So what is it now? Three Arena? Three Arena. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. It was a really, I mean, it was such a, a quick turn around from like okay this is are you available go okay and and just and then learning the songs on the day and just so we kind of spent the the whole day at the at the o2 uh which was yeah it was it was great it was a really lovely experience everyone was fantastic and i was just like just like trying to talk to every single person like yeah what do you think yeah it was was fantastic so 
how did the singing happen like did you ever I mean you did that but were you writing your own songs were you releasing music at ever at any point um yeah yeah um I was always writing I think so I used to yeah I haven't in a while but I used to write poetry from a young age uh in primary school I had a teacher who had uh we ended up kind of having the same teacher more or less through our primary school. I don't know why she must have liked our class, but she always had a time for poetry. I guess she really loved poetry. So she encouraged us all to write poetry and I loved it and started writing poetry, which led to writing songs. I always kind of had that. And when I started working professionally as a singer, then I, well, I was doing covers and a lot of other people's songs then, but I started to write and I had um, musicians and band members that I could call on. So I did record an album. When was it? Before before COVID, uh, a couple of years before COVID. And then I got pregnant and never really did my full launch thing um, of the album. But the album is there. It's available. It's online. It's, it's called You Won't Believe It. And I... I really love it actually I'm still still very proud of it yeah well I have to listen to that um I mean I feel like I haven't had a chance to see a lot of your work I saw a short film in the Galway Film Flaw last year where you were um there was it was about a runner and he was your son in the movie like oh, wait. Track. oh yes that I was in oh yeah okay cool last year not the one that I made <laughs> like oh, that okay. <laughs> It was, I that sound was terrible at the time. Oh yes, yeah, so the superhuman, superhuman, and I also, I mean, while we were on the MA, I read your script. My name is not Susan, and yeah. I really enjoyed it. Like there was such a clarity to your writing; it was so easy to read, and uh, you know, you could see the toll that everyday racism took on the character, and her relationship with her mother was so moving. Have you continued to work on that script? No, I no. haven't. <laughs> I haven't worked <laughs> too much on my one either. <laughs> yeah, no, I've left it. I've kind of I've been using it probably more as a writing sample, um, because I, I think now is probably not the time for it to get made, if ever. It's yeah, I I don't. It, it doesn't have the big razzle dazzle or whatever whatever it is I think it will have to be a passion project of mine in a couple of years if I'm able to get funds together so I've left it as a writing sample because I think it's um it gives a kind of clear sense of my my voice yeah. and my sensibilities as a, as a writer absolutely um but I mean You've got no shortage of projects you've been working on. I saw that you won Best Pitch at X-Pollinator for A Little Chili. Is that a short film? Um, So it was for, sorry, <laughs> um, for a feature called Just Enough Chili. And then since then, I had a producer come on board for that. And we um, put in funding to develop the idea. And she was like, she had some funding. Let's make a kind of proof of concept short Sort of. So I wrote a short called A Little Chili. So it has the characters that will be in the feature film, but it's it, it's separate. It's not it's not a scene from the feature film, but it's it's a separate short. 
Okay. And can you tell us a little about what the film is about? Or Yeah, because the, the relationship with that producer has uh, not panned out, <laughs> unfortunately. So the Justin of Chile is about three generations of Nigerian women living in Ireland. So there's the... So really, the, the mother is the central character. So there's a mother, there's her mother, the grandmother, and her daughter, the the daughter. And so they, the mother has agreed reluctantly to deliver a cake that she made to a Nigerian wedding in London. So it's quite delicate. So she's going to drive. So it's a road trip. <laughs> it's a road trip. They're gonna they're driving from Dublin to to London. So getting the ferry and then getting the car. The grandmother is like retired and she's moving back to Nigeria and it's all that kind of stuff about if you've been outside of your home country for 30 odd years, like is it really home to go back and how she kind of feels that uncertainty about going back and not being this rich woman that kind of people would expect or hope. Um, and then the daughter is pregnant she hasn't told anyone and she's booked uh, a secret appointment for an abortion in London because she's going to university there so she's hitched a ride to get a trip to get um, hitched a ride on the trip to under the guise that she wants to go to university early and just kind of get settled but really there's that and then it's you know all the usual relationship drama between not just parents and children but between women <laughs> right so prickly yeah. tension at times yeah exactly yeah, small car not enough space lots of stuff yeah lots of internal and external drama yeah yeah um and so for you you know as a black artist in ireland how do you feel representation has evolved is it getting better um, do you think that it's important for people with lived experience to be telling their own story? Yeah, absolutely. I do think I think that's kind of the big, the big ma major thing. Um, do I think it is getting better? Did you say? Um, I think there's more awareness of it. So in that sense, yeah, we are starting to see more types of people on our screens. Um, at the moment, I do feel that it's probably at the tokenistic stage. Um, as I said, I'm me and my nameless medical professional um, because it's like, who in this script could possibly be uh, non-white? Ah, there's a doctor, doctor. Yeah, how can we take a box? Like, let's... Yes. Okay, yeah, perfect. Exactly. And, you know, we're giving them this role of an authority figure, so we're not being racist. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. 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 So that's where it is. But I'm like, you know what? It's everything is baby steps, baby steps. So yeah. it's, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's, I, it's, it's, it's something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's small progress, slow progress, but it yeah. is progress, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and I saw that you assistant directed a play in the Abbey last year. Was it an Octoroon? Yeah. 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 And what was that experience like? It was really well received, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was great, actually. It was. Um, I really, I really enjoyed the planes up the plane. It itself is kind of brilliant, really. Um, worth, if not 
getting to see it's worth the read for sure but also it's maybe in the context of the, so it's kind of a reimagining of an old play called The Octoroon by Dion Busico who was an Irish playwright um and so Busico had written this play and kind of portrayed the enslaved people as happy to be enslaved and it was like slavery is not that bad at all <laughs> so this reimagining of the play kind of uh, turns that on its head and plays with the idea of stereotype and what it means and what it means to perform race and all that um, all that good stuff. Um, it was well received. I don't know if um, you were aware of certain things around the theatre awards this year, that there are nominations and they, out of a cast of 10, eight of them were people of colour and the theatre awards only saw fit to acknowledge the two the, oh, the only two white people from the cast and then nomination for best production which would have gone to the white producer so it just kind of felt like oh hold on did you watch the play and you're basically doing the thing that the play was commenting on in a way and um, so the last couple of weeks were actually a little bit upsetting in that just not um or trying to get responses and trying to have this scene. Anyway, the creative team of myself and the director and um, costume and set, some of the creative team anyway, put together a statement just to the effect to say, hi, did you guys realize that this is what you did? It kind of looks a bit iffy to us. Um, but I'm happy to say uh, it seems now that the Irish Times have decided to postpone the, I guess, this year's, this coming year's um, theatre awards to review its processes. We'll see what that means, but hopefully it's a good, it's a good thing. So the awards will go uh, as planned. We didn't expect any changes to that, but at least they're in some way going to look at how these decisions are being made and you know what is being overlooked yeah it was very bizarre when i read about that i was like how yeah. do you do that it's so like he's like you're missing the point of the fact yeah. that this was shown on the national stage at all like uh, yeah. yeah and i mean the big thing is that they were genuinely fantastic performers like they really did a great job and I guess for me it just it's that whole thing about it's like if you're black or if you're a person of color you really have to be doing so much more yeah. to get recognition in in some way and yeah it, it just felt yeah and like mediocre white people can be celebrated all the time <laughs> but you have to be that's true excellence. although let me stick up for my two people we're not saying that they're two oh, white no. people were mediocre. they were awesome as well it's oh, just, I'm sure. i think as but well like, who knows like who else in other categories or in other years have been you know yeah you know yeah the, i mean there is the there was kind people. of a sense of an old boys club as well and you know but look Onwards, onwards, onwards. onwards. Yeah. Um, well. Just to change to really a general question, is there something you've seen recently, either in theatre or film, that you really liked that stood out to you? Or have you time to even look at watch plays um, and stuff? 
uh, yeah, I kind of I've been last year. I was like, yeah, I really want to make sure I go and see a lot more plays, and I did quite well. I I saw quite a few, quite a few things. <laughs> excuse me, last year, and it's always that the way. Now that you're asking me about it, and I'm like, I can't think of one thing I saw all last year. Yeah, I saw a lot of things, and you I like I didn't see Portia Coughlin in the it end. That was, really was on good. just before. Yeah, I heard. I heard um, great things ab about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've read, I've read the play, and I know, I know that I, I know the play, but I heard the performances were just um, brilliant. Um, you tend that to was, work that was in the Abbey a bit, like you've done reading for them, and now you've assisted and directed on on Octoroon. But do you have yeah. a relationship with them where you're probably going to be working with them again in the future or um I yeah, there's 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 a relationship. I hope it can continue. Um so yeah, I, I mean I was happy to kind of get the the, the things, the, the bits of work that I got last year because I I had been working as a script reader for them for a couple of years before that we did our MA. I stopped when when we started on the MA, because I was like, I need to not be reading these these things. I need to read proper scripts that are produced. Um, so I had the relationship, I guess, since that time with them. And um, in a, so um, that when they were doing their Dear Ireland pieces at the start of the pandemic, and if I wrote a piece and I was like, I'm never going to see myself on this. So I decided to write a thing. But it went to their spam and they didn't see it. But when they did finally get around to the script, they liked the script and commissioned it for um, a, a co-production thing with Home Theatre in Manchester. So that's online on their website. I didn't want to be in it, but in the end, I kind of, my, what is it, DIY filmmaking. So I was, I, I wrote it, I was in it, I shot it and edited it so um it it's very diy-ish in places it's available to watch now though where can we find it yeah it's still there um look uh oh, look up home theater in manchester anyway or you know what it's in my email signature oh and you can okay <laughs> you can... okay i can find it anyway if no one else can yeah, yeah. um i think we were on a call a couple of days ago, and did you mention that you're developing a sitcom now? Um, I yeah. So I was part of the Writers Lab UK, and well, is, this, I, I just, is it a sitcom? It's a comedy anyway. It's a comedy drama. So I was developing that with the Writers Lab UK, um, and that program is just uh, winding up now. Um, I think the embargo might be might be done on whether I can share details about script, but actually, it's it's actually the script or the idea that I started working on with the MA, my TV idea. I don't know if you read it. Okay. Um, I've been developing that further, and then I'm also developing or starting to work on a, a new TV idea with Deadpan Pictures. So we're kind of just about to start working on like the Bible. So yeah, seems so, like you've got loads so. going on. That's exciting. So hopefully we'll yeah. see them on the screen in the next couple of years, maybe. 
yeah hopefully hopefully it's such a long process isn't it this whole yeah. filmmaking buzz <laughs> yeah i worked in a production company years ago and there was stuff that was just about to shoot that had been in development for like eight years like yeah it's a long game you really need to have patience if you're a writer especially like yeah yeah. And it's so funny to me why we get asked like in pitching ideas why they're like, why this? Why now? I'm like, why are you asking me why now? Because it's definitely not going to do anything until <laughs> it's like, yeah. why in the future? Exactly. <laughs> right. Listen, thanks so much for talking to me today, Isosa. I really enjoyed it. It's great to see you again. Uh, hopefully too. we can keep in touch more often. Uh, thanks for talking to me. It's been fun. So that was my conversation with Azosa Igadaro. She's so talented and inspiring, especially in terms of her versatility as an artist. I can't wait to see what she does next. And I hope you guys will tune in next week for the next episode. This has been Press Play and Surrender. Thank you for listening. Please consider subscribing wherever you find your podcasts.